Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott's Scott Podcast, and today I'm joined by Matthew Templeton. How are we? I'm great, man. Thanks for asking. And we're also joined by Ben Baker. Ben, how are we? I'm really good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me back. Of course, mate, as always. So, the League Cup semi-final draw was made last night, and Aberdeen will be playing Rangers, and Hearts will be playing Celtic, and both semi-finals will be getting played at Hamden on the exact same day. That is a baffling decision, a shocking decision. Uh, ben, I'll start with you. What do you make of it? I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't understand why they've done it. Um, I've already said to you uh, before the pod, like, um, Celtic, uh, sorry, the police would normally let Celtic and Rangers play uh, two home games in the same day, so why are they allowing this to happen? This is four teams that don't like each other, they hate each other really. I don't get that at all. Why not have one of the games at Murrayfield? What's the big deal, really? They're asking for trouble. That's what you're asking for. They're asking for trouble, exactly. And it's just they think they say we can handle it, but I'm not sure they can. And the reason I think the reason I'm having it, Hamden is obviously back up the recent decision to, to keep Hamden as a national stadium, and it's just it's just no one cares about the fans. No one does. Yeah, and I feel like Aberdeen fans have been getting a raw deal for a long time off the yeah. SFA when it comes to semi-finals and kick-offs. We'll say it's semi-finals and uh, finals at the kick-off times. Like, they've been getting a raw deal for a long time. 12 o'clock kick-offs, and they need to come all the way from Aberdeen to Glasgow. It's not fair, in my opinion, whatsoever. So the right decision would have been to have the Aberdeen Rangers game at Murrayfield, and that would be beneficial for Rangers and Aberdeen fans, absolutely. And, as I said, the Aberdeen fans are getting shafted yet again. Yeah, surely they'll be able to like change that about. Surely they will be able to change that about. You would think so, but you never know. You never know. But hopefully they do. It means it means Hamden won't be empty. Um, I would just look bad if, like, see if an English fan just to watch a game, watch an Aberdeen Rangers or whatever, and it looks half empty. It just looks bad on us, and it's not the fans' fault. It's it's the SFA, the people making charge of this, that makes our game look bad at times. Mhm. Yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. But <clears throat> it is what it is, and there will be some trouble. Um, I don't care what Neil Doncaster says, there will be some trouble. And i seen his interview today, and he said the police can manage it. And yeah, they could probably manage it to a degree, but there's going to be trouble when you're, you've got Aberdeen fans, Rangers fans, Hearts fans, Celtic fans, all in the same city. You know, in the city centre, I'm telling you, mate. Right after the game, I'm going straight back to party. There's no chance I'm going near that city centre because that will be wild. 
we were, remember we were saying this about um, the old firm game we got played in Hogman Name. We were saying, oh, the city centre would be a war zone. It wasn't all that bad, right? Because it was only just old firm fans. But now you've got old firm fans, Aberdeen fans, Hearts fans. And it's not like I Hearts and Celtic fans love each other, you know? And same with Rangers and Aberdeen fans. So it's, uh, it's going to be a wild, to say the least, mate. And it's a, a very stupid decision, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll move on. We'll talk about um, some of the League Cup uh, quarterfinal games, and uh, we'll kick off talking about the Aberdeen and Hibs game. Uh, Hibs drew well through full time and extra time. It finished nil nil. Then Aberdeen won on penalties. Um, I feel as though Hibs were the better team, absolutely. And uh, Hibs got robbed. Aberdeen were atrocious. They were really poor. Hibs created a, a number of chances, and they just failed to take them. So, right, I agree. Um, when I was, I said that I was watching, I watched some of the game and, that, and I sort of felt as if both teams were afraid to lose. But Hibs, Hibs did have like I don't know, like twenty odd shots and only got six on target. So it was, it was Hibs finishing it, let them down at the end of the day. And um, Aberdeen obviously ran off to a slow start, and it was actually another poor performance. And uh, it was managed to go through on penalties, like. Anybody can win on penalties. I think everybody knows that. But yeah, it's a lottery. I think I think regardless, um, nobody will disagree that it's still an exciting semis. It's four good teams in the semis. Um, but yeah, Hibs um, Hibs had a, a decent game. If it maybe if it were more clinical, they would have went through. And no one knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hibs were comfortably the better team. And as we were saying, created a number of chances but failed to take them. But this has been an issue for Hibs for quite a while. Uh, they played some great stuff, but at times in the final third, they just fail to take their chances. They really do. And Joe Lewis for Aberdeen is outstanding. He really kept them in that game. Um, so he did. And Aberdeen, my concerns still grow. They were really poor uh, on uh, Tuesday night. Absolutely, they were really poor. And they just got, they got through by the skin of their teeth. And that, they, as I said at the start of the season... I do have concerns, and my concerns are, I think, very justified. Aberdeen have not had one good performance so far this season, and the fact they lost Ryan Christie and Kenny McLean and they failed to replace them is a big concern. That is a big blow for them, you know. So, and when I look at Aberdeen, especially in the final third, there's no creativity there. When I look at it, right, if I'm being honest, I'm again, you can see him as well, but there's not really, there's not, there's not a Ryan Christie there, there's not a Kenny McLean to create those kind of chances that they made last year you know yeah I agree and um, even Mikai Stevens a decent player on his day but he, he's average and you, you were saying that earlier that, nah I can agree more he's, he's just very very average yeah he's, yeah he's exactly he's very average and he's far too inconsistent you know and James Wilson he could be a player right and he seems like he's a very good finisher but he needs to get the service and I don't see where the service is coming from in that Aberdeen side Thankfully, they've got a decent defence, which will help them out at times, but I think 
not scoring goals. It's going to be a lot of a lot of dull games at Aberdeen and a lot of unhappy fans this season. Yeah, and you see the game against Motherwell at the weekend where Aberdeen won 1-0 and obviously James Wilson got the goal. Um, Aberdeen were not great at all. Neither were Motherwell. There's not much in that game. And that's where the concern is with Aberdeen. They need to start scoring goals. And James Wilson right now is our only hope of that. And if, if James Wilson gets hurt, they're in big, big trouble. And I mean serious trouble if he gets hurt. Exactly. Who's going to come in, Stevie May? Who's absolutely, we've covered this in the pod numerous times, he's absolutely awful. woeful. Yeah, he was woeful, woeful on even Tuesday night. Even at the weekend, we've we, we played Barrowell, and it's another poor result. Like, we've, we've won 1-0, but you're saying they're not scoring enough goals, Motherwell, we're in that game right up until one of the last kicks of the ball, so mm-hmm. you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that's what I'm meaning. Um, Stevie May as well, I've been saying it for a long, long time, he's done at Aberdeen, it's not worked out whatsoever, and I think it would be best for Aberdeen and Stevie May to go their separate ways. Because it's just simply not working. And Tuesday night, he had a couple chances and he just pfft, squandered it completely. He had a great chance, I think, in the extra time. So he did. It might be in the first or second half of extra time. He had a great chance. He just skied it. Aye. He's just got no confidence whatsoever. And he's not going to get that back at Aberdeen, I don't think. And like you said, I think it's time for them to part ways. Um, they've also got James Wilson, who, who's a much better player. Um, but Steve May is just not... I don't see anything about him that I would think, oh, at least he's got this, at least he's got that, he's got nothing about him. Yeah, you're absolutely right, mate, you're right. And um, anything else you want to add on uh, Aldine Hibbs at all? Or Motherwell? Just uh, we touched over that a wee bit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Ben, we'll uh, move on. Now, I'll, I'll ask you this, we'll start with you here. Um, obviously, we'll talk about the Celtic and Johnson game. What did you make of that? Uh, Celtic made it, obviously, through to the semi-final. They beat St. Johnson 1-0. But first half, Celtic were not good whatsoever. But second half, they were obviously much better and they got the win. Yeah, well, going into the game, uh, watched the full game, uh, I was sceptical. I, I was like, we can't afford more of the same. This is, despite, uh, despite St. Johnson's weekend result, I knew this was a well-disciplined like a well set up St Johnson team we were facing so going into the game I was like we can't afford more of the same we need a good performance um, first half of Celtic we were so uncreative and we were holding possession but we were just so little chances uh, Cal McGregor had a good chance uh, but it was, <laughs> was lacklustre again it was just very poor and I was like how long is this going to last um, second half we came out made plenty of chances um, we were more creative uh, I actually enjoyed watching the second half we got the goal 1-0, 2-0 it doesn't matter um, we're through and I think that's all that matters and going into the semi-finals getting a win hopefully that just helps us pick up the form again uh, and we can silence our critics as it were because that second half was a good performance but yeah. see, I was going to ask you oh, sorry Matt uh, Ben I was going to ask you see Edward was he playing up top with Griffiths or was Griffiths playing in behind He's playing up top with Griffiths, I think, yeah. Yeah, because uh, when I seen the team sheet, I was like, no way is Rogers going to up top. Um, but obviously, I've only seen the highlights. And um, from uh, I've seen the, only seen the highlights, obviously, I didn't watch the full game. But um, from what I've seen, when i seen the team sheet, I was like, no way is he playing up top. But it seems like, according to you, he was. Yeah, uh, that's what I heard after what that game was, right? 
Yeah, but obviously I've only seen highlights, but from what I've seen in the first half, Celtic were not great whatsoever. They were pretty poor, but second half they really upped their game and they grew into the game and got the win, created a lot of chances, missed quite a lot of sitters though. Oh yeah, well, and Griffiths missed a sitter, uh, so did McGregor. Um, what I was going to say, I was just talking about Edward, he had a very poor game. Um, doesn't worry me, because since Greg Griffiths is signed for Celtic, I've often thought he's a brilliant striker. I only think he's not on the team scoring goals when he's injured. When he's in the team, for me, Luke Griffiths scores goals, headers, volleys, free kicks. He's, he's just the out-and-out striker for me. Luke Griffiths can go 80 minutes, not do anything, then get you a goal. So, yeah, just Edward's performance was really poor again. He never really done much. I think he put a decent ball in the box. <laughs> Nine million quid Celtic spent on him, mate, and so far he's not uh, doing it just now. Do you think there's a wee bit of animosity between Griffiths and Edward? Because obviously when Griffiths scored that goal against Rosenberg, he ran up to the fans and said, I'm effing number one. And I don't think that is that doesn't look all that great, you know, on their relationship, you know. I don't think it does. Like if he's running up to France and I'm effing number one. So do you think there's a wee bit of friction there between the two? I don't think there's any friction between well won't be any friction between Edward and and Griffiths and the our teammates and our professionals and it's Brendan Rodgers that's picking Edward over Griffiths, you know. Um but as, as Griffiths is in scoring goals and Eduardo will struggle for a place, especially after that performance, no matter how much we've spent on him. If he paid £9 million for him last season and he performed how he did last season, I think Celtic fans would be happy with that. He's capable. Nobody will deny how capable Eduardo is. But, um, yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. He's capable, but he's, he's just... He's had a pure start, definitely, you know, he has. And mm-hmm. See, um, if you see Lee Griffiths, right... I don't know what it is, yeah. but I feel like Brendan Rodgers has, I don't know, like something against him, you know, like, did you see, I don't know what it is, but even if Griffiths is buying in the goals, he would always choose Dembele ahead of him, or he would choose Dembele, or he would choose, like, Edward, you know, or whoever, like, that's what he would always do, and even when he talks about it in his press conferences, he got asked about Stephen Naismith, and he went, oh, Stephen Naismith d- deserves to be ahead of Lee Griffiths, you know, and I was thinking, that's not something I would, want, I would say about one of my players. You know, publicly especially. I don't know. I understand what you're saying there, actually, but, um, but I, th- I think Rogers likes having a, a kind of physical player, like with Edward and Dembele. That's mm-hmm. what he's brought in. Griffiths is already there when Rogers came in, and it just seems like he prefers a more physical type of player rather than a player like Griffiths who isn't very physical, but he'll get you goals, and I think that's all that matters for a striker. Yeah. Um, especially Griffiths' quality, who cares? what he does if he scores goals he's in my team every single week yeah and Rogers is always very dismissive about Griffiths I've noticed when he gets asked about him very dismissive but see if Edward was scoring the goals Griffiths is doing just now he would be raving about Edward I think you'd agree with that he would be raving about him non-stop in his press conferences but with Griffiths I don't know what it is there's something I don't I don't press but I don't think their relationship is like fantastic you know I don't think it's fantastic I think that's something that Celtic fans I've been speaking to have agreed, agreed with me on as well. I think probably part of the situation with Griffiths is 
There was three good strikers in the team last season. It was been poor last season, but it was really good last season. Dembele is a good was a good striker last season. So was Griffiths. When Griffiths was in and out of the team with injury or whatever, it's hard to get back into a team when you've got two strikers ahead of you scoring goals. You know. Um. So I think that's probably part of the problem. Uh, is just when he's out of the team. Well, last season when he was out of the team, there was strikers scoring goals. We weren't missing him last season. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so if he, if he comes into the team, which he has, he scored three and three. Um, because that team scores goals, then he he will play. He will play. He will play football. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. Uh, you want to say what you're going to say, Matt? That's why I touched on it as well. Like, um, we're kind of moving from Griffiths. Now, what happened with Bayer at the end there? Like, he already got sent off, and was he, he was kind of was he, what, what actually happened there? They were just giving the ref abuse, really. He was going to get a yellow. And then he just kept going, kept going. See how far he could push the ref, and then he found out because he got a red card. Yeah. No, I, that's why, like, I, just why I touched on it. I don't think that's... I think his relationship with Celtic is very, very rocky at the moment. And obviously I'm not a Celtic fan, but I'd be raging if I wouldn't want anywhere near Matthew at the moment. I'm still stunned that Celtic never got rid of him in the summer. I'm really surprised. that He's in his last year's contract, so... There's a big chance he can go for absolutely nothing at the end of the season or peanuts in January. So that's the thing I don't understand. Why does Celtic not cash in on him? Because he didn't want to be there, you know. So why not just get rid of him? I think we we kept him because um, how, how we've not got very many options at centre back. Jack Hendry has been terrible since we signed him. He's woeful. Right, I still young. Compton never gets a game. He's always injured. So to release. Or to let a centre-back go and only sign one. Or, or to let him go before we'd even sign Benkovic would have been a disaster. And the Celtic fans would not have been happy to see him go, despite his relationship. After everything that happened, he'd scored goals, he'd get back in the team, he had a couple of good performances, he was getting back on side with the fans. And then he just threw it away again. He's a young player, he's got a lot to learn, I suppose. He's pretty ill-experienced, but he does not do himself any favours. So, Ben, what did you yeah, make of... Is he 27? Like, by Is he? Uh, I'm sure he's like that eight, ready bit of age. <clears throat> Jeez, oh, if he is, that really surprises me. Um, so, oh, Ben, I was, was going to ask you, so obviously we haven't touched on it yet, Kilmarnock and uh, Celtic the weekend there. Kilmarnock beat Celtic 2-1, mate, and I watched it. My God, Kilmarnock were just really, really impressive. But Celtic, though, has to be said, mate, Celtic were really, really poor. That is the worst I've seen Celtic in a long time. Uh, ben, what did you make of it? The same thoughts as me? Yeah, pretty much. I was uh, like, uh, I was impressed with Kilmarnock, I must say. Um, but Celtic are uh, very poor. I mean, look, this season is going to be competitive. There's going to be a lot of teams up at the top end of the table uh, pushing for every single point they can get. Hearts have started well. Aberdeen have started slowly, but we know they're capable. Um, Hibs are doing well. Kilmarnock doing well. Kilmarnock have got the most points. Rangers uh, doing well. You've got Rangers, bro. <laughs> Um, uh, Rangers are doing well, yeah. But um, so Celtic really can really afford to be dropping these points. Um, but as long as it's just a, a slow start and we get but, back on track, then I'm not worried. But what did you um, make of um, the performance like overall? Right, I felt as though Celtic really lacked imagination. They, there was no real game plan. Celtic were just sitting so deep, and the constant passing sideways. That's one thing I didn't get at all. And you've seen, uh, for example, Scott Sinclair. He was a guy that kept doing that a lot. Anytime he got the ball, he would usually he would run at players. Like the old Scott Sinclair would run at players and be confident and take on players and try and create chances and get a goal. 
he wasn't doing that at all. He looks like a guy who is a shell of his former self. He is a really, really poor player, and I think he's done it, Celtic. Yeah, I, 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 he's been, he's been like, like a shadow of his former self. He's been really bad. But as I said, that's um, we've not been getting much game time. Um, so I think Rogers knows that as well. Uh, Chris Sutton was saying that for a player who's not performing and sitting on the bench, Scott Sinclair will probably be taking up quite a healthy wage. You know, so it's either he picks up his form, gets a game, happy with that, or we cut him loose and sign somebody else. Yeah, we can't, we can't afford to have a player like on his wages just taking up, just sitting on the bench. Yeah, so I think yeah. he's I think he's done, mate. Yeah, he had a great first season, but last season he was poor, and so far this season, anytime I've seen him, he's been awful. He really has, and like, that's one thing as well. Like, like two seasons ago, as I said, he'd be run at players. That if he was like if he was in his form now, he'd run at players, take them on, and that game in uh, Sunday, he was just. No confidence whatsoever. He was just as soon as he got the ball, he just wanted to get rid of it right away. And January, I think the best thing for all parties involved is for Scott Sinclair to leave Celtic. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like he just doesn't seem to have that kind of hunger anymore. Like, like kind of one two trebles, obviously. Um, but you think at his age, he's been there. England did quite work out for you. You think he can? Up here and run as many personal words as he wants, and one as many personal words as he wants because he's got the ability, but he just kind of lost that, that hunger for whatever reason. And if he does move on and join Great, he could probably get a decent fee from him regardless of how he's played, at least maybe two or three million. Mm. Um, and I think he has done. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it has to be said about Kamara, I thought it was a really, really good performance. Chris Buck scored a fantastic goal. I thought no one's seen that one coming. It's a fantastic strike from uh, Chris Buck. But defend defensively though from Celtic, Jack Hendry, what was he doing? Oh, it's, it's terrible. Like, like Ben touched on earlier, he's came into Celtic and he's been dire. Like Celtic had defensive problems anyway before that, and he's just made it. He's not helped helped it whatsoever. At times, he's made it worse. And I've touched on that a few times in the play. People keep saying he's a young player. He's not a young player. He's 23, 24. Mm-hmm. And it should kind of be getting towards his kind of, not his peak, but certainly being a lot better than he is now, getting a lot more confident. And he's just, he doesn't help himself with the stupid mistakes he makes. And, like, obviously, as a, as a Scotland player, I want him to succeed. Like, he could be a top Scotland international, but he's just, I don't think he's ever going to make it, in my opinion. No, I don't think so either. I think the club's too big for him, you know. Yeah. Either, either swim or sink at this level, and he's sinking really badly. Yes, and like that Celtic jersey is far too big for him. And yeah, I don't know. I don't, he probably won't leave anytime soon. He'll probably be there for a wee while, but he's never going to improve. If Rogers can improve him, who's a great coach, I don't think anyone can. Yeah, here's another thing as well, right? Obviously, Celtic have had a really uh, rocky start, right? Had a rocky start, so worst start in twenty years, right? And there's a lot of like finger pointing to be done, but. I think it's really mainly down to that debacle of a, a transfer window that Celtic had in the summer. They lost Joe Armstrong, right? He was a top player, right? They failed to replace him, uh, and that, that's an, uh, and also um, Mister Dembele failed to really replace him as well. Yeah, that was a big loss, even though Celtic got a lot of money for him, it's still a big loss. And it, like, see, replacing uh, what was it? Getting rid of Stuart Armstrong and replacing him with Malumbo. No disrespect, Malumbo's a 
decent player, but he's no replacement for Stuart Armstrong. And the fact that Celtic never really went out in the summer and strengthened their squad was, I think, is a big concern. You know, that the fact they never went out and really invested uh, in the tr- uh, the transfer window. And it's not Rogers' fault. It's certainly not his fault. It's the board's fault because they never backed him with money, even though Celtic have the money, never backed him at all, which is very mind-boggling to me. You know, and Celtic have a is it true Celtic have a wage bill of fifty-nine million? Would not be able to tell you that. Uh, yes, I read something about that. Oh, they still have a wage bill of fifty nine million, right? And still have got a lot of money. So that's the thing I don't understand. Why have they not went out and strengthened in the summer? Uh, ben, what's your thoughts? So you, obviously, I know you are very annoyed at Celtic transfer business uh, in the summer. Um, well, the, the thing with, 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 with um, Stuart Armstrong is uh, like with Ryan Christie coming back and things. I don't think we had to go and spend mega bucks to replace him, if at all. Um, it wasn't like the most consistent starter and it was an excellent player I always liked Stuart Armstrong but that defence needed strengthened we could have probably done with signing a goalkeeper I'm a fan of Craig Gordon I've never really criticised Craig Gordon and he makes important saves you don't win a double treble unless you've got a decent goalkeeper between the sticks but um, I just there's just areas we could have strengthened in like a winger like we've signed Arzani okay and he's supposed to be a highly rated player watched a couple of YouTube videos on him I liked him where is he? Where is he? Do you know, here by the way, do you know he's not even in the Europa League squad? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Obviously, he was at the World Cup, Nank. Did he even get a game in the World Cup? I'm not sure he did. Maybe fitness might be the problem, but yeah, it's a really strange one. He's not even really made a single minute appearance yet. See, when I'm looking at this Celtic defence right now, Ben, see, right, obviously, you need to get in January maybe one or two more centre halves, right, definitely. Or maybe. Two or three, whatever, if Boyata goes, right? Lustig, I'm sorry, but I think Lustig is really poor. He needs to go. I think you need to get a, a full-back in. Tierney, obviously, he's a great, great player. But I think maybe a couple more centre-halves and a full-back and a goalkeeper as well. That's what Celtic need to get. And I said on the pod last week, why don't Celtic go for Fraser Foster? We'll probably burn too much money, I, I would imagine. But He's not getting game time at Southampton, mate. So I think it's worth a punt, if I'm being honest. Or even Scott Bain, put it this way, Scott Bain, he's solid, but I think he's better than Craig Gordon now. I think Craig Gordon's done, in my opinion, he's well past his sell-by date. Yeah, I think even in um, uh, summer, I think Celtic might have missed a trick with Joe Hart, I think he did. He did have came. Are they going to be signing for Celtic? That's a shout, by the way, because even uh, Burnley's two keepers come back, he's for choice. <laughs> exactly, so Joe Hart, we all know what he can do, and it's got to be a dodo up here for him, so... I could have been one, I think, maybe the boat maybe seldom that, but that certainly could have been a choice for Celtic. Ben, would you take Joe Hart at Celtic? Uh, I think Joe Hart's probably one of the most overrated keepers I've ever watched play football. Ooh. He's terrible. He's always been terrible. He's terrible for Man City, and his career's been a steady decline since Man City, so he's, he's not a good goalkeeper. He's never been a good goalkeeper. Never a game for I England, and his, you know, his, his career's been downhill for a long time. I mean, like, there's no question about it, like, he's, he's not that good now, but I think that when Man City are in titles, with him in goals, I thought he was great, then ever since Guardiola came, he's kind of declined a bit, but I thought back in his day he was a great keeper. No, I did not. I would agree to disagree, I don't disrespect your opinion, I just never <laughs> liked him. I did not Fair like enough. Him. Fair enough. Uh, so boys, uh, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, so we've uh, not got a lot of time, um, so I think we'll give Celtic a good amount of time there, Ben. I think you'll be happy with that. <laughs> 
But um, obviously, by way, we'll get off uh, that topic. Um, great result for Commander, we're outstanding. Thoroughly deserved our win. So we'll move on from that. We'll uh, talk about Rangers. We'll keep it short as sweet as possible, Ben, don't worry. <laughs> so uh, obviously Rangers played uh, St. Johnson at the weekend there. Uh, Matthew, I thought it was a very dominant performance from Rangers. Rangers from start to finish were outstanding, played a lot of great stuff. And uh, I was what a result it was. No European hangover for Rangers? No European hangover for Rangers. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I thought that's what I most important. Obviously, I mean, it's the goal. I think it's our most complete performance this season. Um, we always look at a constant threat going forward. Whenever we got the ball past the halfway line, I thought, we're going to score. And five different goal scorers shows this team doesn't just rely on, like, Alfredo Morelos or whoever. We've got goals throughout the team. And it's just... And I don't remember, apart from obviously the goal, I don't remember McGregor having anything to do. He dominated the ball. And it was just really, really pleasing to see, obviously. You know, you can hang over, which is one of my, my main worries, um, but did not have a factor in that game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to see the fact that we've got Morelos and Kyle Lafferty, right? Uh, like, we've got two terrific strikers, and we play one up top, and so we took Morelos off um, after he got a goal, took him off, and Kyle Lafferty comes on, 10 minutes, gets a goal. So it, we've got real competition up there, and, and see every area in the Rangers squad. We've got quality, and we've got, quality and we've got uh, competition there. We're really comfortable in every single area, and that's something last season which we lacked. It's in some areas we weren't we weren't all that strong, but this year we're strong in every area, and we've got players to back up uh, every position, which is brilliant. You know, it's, it's really pleasing to see. And we're also making Ibrox a fortress again, mate, which is brilliant. Um, we're making it a fortress. We're making it very hard for teams to play against us. And teams are scared to come to Ibrox nowadays. We've got the fear factor back, uh, so we have. And there's just so many positives right now uh, surrounding Rangers. I'm just really, really looking forward to the future. And this team is very confident, and we're only going to get better as this season goes on. And Scotty Arfield, that's another player who's coming on to a game. He had a wee bit of a slow start, but now he's starting to find his niche. And Big Koulibaly, it was good to see him uh, back in the team. He's an absolute rock. So he is. Absolute monster in midfield. He yeah. Might wish if we were to get out of the one player we've got just now, he's the one player I'd want. Like, I don't know more permanent, but if I had to choose one, it'd be Koulibaly. I'd want to keep. Ryan Kent as well, another player who is getting better every single time I see him. Exactly, and last night as well, um, he was, if Middleton wasn't there, he'd be managing match for me, he's, he started off quite slow, but you can see he had that turn up nervous, he couldn't reach the game, and he's starting every game, which is obviously going to give him confidence to do what he wants, give him that freedom, and he just looks so at home in this Rangers team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so see when it comes to the semi-final against Aberdeen, we're missing Morelos and we're missing Kyle Lafferty, Morelos obviously suspended, and Lafferty cup-tied, who would you go up top with? And you, uh, I'd probably go with Ken up top. You said that last night in Scott chat, and uh, I think I agree with you. I do. And obviously, we all seen what Stephen uh, Gerrard said about Sadiq. And he said uh, if, he, if he comes to the party, he needs to 
improve a hell lot more or something like that he said he said he really needs to improve and yeah. his future at Ibrox isn't looking too good and I don't see him starting the semi-final at all so Ryan, Ke- Ryan Kent Ryan Kent's a good shout and I think we've got enough to get past Aberdeen because in my opinion Aberdeen are the weakest out of, out of all the four teams in the semi-final yeah We'll be fine, we'll get past Aberdeen, we'll get the job done. It's a bit of a blow, we're missing Morelos and Kyle Lafferty, but not to worry. We've got other players that can chip in the goals, and it's not only our strikers that are getting the goals, mate, it's our outfield players. It's our outfield players. Our centre-halves are chipping in the goals as well. Big Tav, just scored a, a whirl there for a free kick at the weekend there. Yeah, and, and he's obviously hit the bar as well. Um, another free kick, um, over the, um, the, pitch. Over the pitch and that's, that's, that's brilliant like, we're not going to rely on a striker this season and like I said we're going to have to get through our game yeah I cannot agree more cannot agree more mate so uh, we'll move on because uh, time is not on our side as I've said so um, Hearts Hearts have had a fantastic start at the, so they have but they drew with Livy at the weekend boys what is, what is going on with Livy what a start they've had as well but Hearts my god what opportunity that was for the weekend there. Uh, Celtic obviously dropping points. Uh, other teams other teams dropping points and they couldn't beat Livingston. Livingston ended the 100% record uh, that Hearts have made, the, the start they've made this season. Uh, I enjoyed watching the game. Um, I thought Livingston were really good. Um, been quiet for ages, but uh, I, I did enjoy watching the Hearts live game. I, I expected it to be a good game, obviously. Livingston just full of confidence. Um, taking points against sort of hips and stuff um, and then obviously going to Tynecastle was probably a big test for them um, but it was a big test for Hearts because despite they've had a great season like we came up against a really uh, motivated side and obviously Naismith missed a penalty um, but I was I was impressed by Livingston and like, both teams probably could have, could have uh, took three points if they took our chances but Obviously, you say that every time somebody draws, but you know what I mean. Like, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I think Livingston will be really happy with the result. Hearts will be disappointed to drop points, but Livingston are in good form, so I don't think it will affect Hearts too much. Uh, no, no. Uh, see, uh, first of all, uh, I forgot to say, uh, did you think it was a penalty? I didn't think it was a penalty at all. Very harsh and very soft. I think Kelly said it was like he went and tried to defend himself in the post-match interview, but it was, it was very harsh and like him saying it was kind of just kind of karma. Yeah, justice, justice served. Justice, justice yeah, served. So Livy have ended Hearts 100% start to the season, and um, so full credit to Livy. They're flying right now. They're absolutely flying. And uh, Rangers have them this weekend, and we're playing away from home, so that's gonna be a tough one. It's uh, because that pitch, as I've said many times on pod. That pitch is going to be a real pain to play on. And Livy, right now, they seem so well organised and they seem pretty difficult at times to break down and their midfield seems really tough. It seems very combative, so it does. Um, but Livy, it's not going to be a walk in the park whatsoever under Gary Holtside. It's not, and they're going to 
stop us from playing. Like, obviously, we like to play attacking the football. On that pitch, it's going to be hard to do with them, obviously, getting on their faces and that as well, making it hard for us. It's going to be hard, um, no doubt about it. And Gary Holt, like you say, it's got them very organised and it will be difficult, but I think we'll get past them, but it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I could not agree more. But yeah, so it will, it will be tough, it will be. But we'll wait and see uh, what happens. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but Hearts, uh, full credit to them. They made the, made the yeah. semi-final. They beat uh, Motherwell. Was it 4-2? So it was? Yeah, yeah beat Motherwell 4-2. And uh, Stephen A. Smith, uh, <laughs> he's been a great start, boys, he has. He has. Um, yeah, he's uh, had a good season. He has, and I, I think Hearts propounded as well, but like, Smith just carried him through that game. Um, and he's, he's been brilliant so far. Yeah, he has been. And uh, I, obviously, I said some things about Stephen Nesmith last year that I think he was done, but my God, he's proven me wrong so far. He's had made a terrific start, buying the goals in left, right, and centre. And uh, a few people have been saying they think he'll be back at Ibrox anytime soon. Um, me personally, I still wouldn't take him after these comments. It might be me being a bit harsh, but I still wouldn't take him back after what he said. I would not have. I don't see it. Rangers are too good um, to go back to um, Stephen Naismith. Yeah. Kyle is a good is 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 better than Stephen Naismith. So he's going back. No, no way I would see Stephen Naismith going back. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think we're fine in that department. Um, so I, I I don't think Rangers really at this moment in time need them. I don't think Hearts would want to sell them because already sold Kyle Laffey to Rangers. So I don't Is that see them. What? Is that Norwich, is it not? Uh, I think he got... I think Norwich released him, I think it was. Or did he... Is it another loan deal? It's, it's another loan deal, I'm sure. Are you sure? So he's still a Norwich player, I am. I think he's just now, I'm sure he's still on loan. Yeah, but it's hard, so this season, with Steve McLean, Stephen A. Smith, they're doing absolutely fine in the final third. So they're... Aye, uh, he's on loan, aye. Aye. Anyway, what are you saying, Stuart? Oh, I'm just saying, uh, Hearts are doing absolutely fine in the final third. Uh, Steve McLean. Fine, fine, um, obviously, they've lost, they've lost Lafferty. You thought they could get, they could struggle a wee bit, but no, they've been absolutely fine. Better, in fact. So. Yeah, and they've got Big Morrison up there as well, mate. They've got, they're doing really, really well. So, obviously, it was a blow for them losing Kyle Lafferty, but they're doing absolutely fine. And defensively, they look absolutely sound as well. Big John Suter, you got Dunn there as well. And uh, Smith, they're doing fine. They they are doing fine as well. So and yeah, that's a th- uh, Craig Levine deserves a lot of credit. He's working wonders at this moment in time at uh, a Hearts doing a terrific job. And uh, we all had concerns about him um, last season because Hearts only finished six, but this season started brilliantly and only dropped. Po- that was the first time they dropped points all season, and that was at the weekend there. And so a lot of people think their bubble will bust. Um, do you see that happening? Uh, near there, I don't, if I'm being honest, not yeah. anytime soon, yeah. they'll be, they'll be in the top four, I, that's my prediction, they'll get in the top four, definitely, um, yeah, I think they could, I think they could even, maybe snatch third, but no, I think they'll be absolutely fine, yeah, I, I, I'll probably say, it's too early to say, right, but they, they definitely will get in the top four, that's for sure, um, Hibs and Hearts will be in the top four, uh, that's my yeah, prediction definitely. definitely, but Hearts, what a fantastic start it's been, and um, yeah, so I was uh, obviously we'd love to cover a lot more, but time is not in our favour. But so, is there anything else you want to add before we get the fixtures up, boys? Uh, no, I think we've pretty much covered it. Um, I think we've 
much covered everything. Yeah, so we'll get the fixtures up for this weekend, do predictions. Is Ben still there? I think he is, he's still there. Ben? My mic was on mute and I have no idea why. Alright, no worries. <laughs> Obviously, we would love it to be a longer episode, but unfortunately, time is not in our favour. So. Then we had a few, a few um, problems recording tonight as well. I know. Yeah. What I would like to say, by the way, is if you go to our Twitter, you'll find the link to our website. And on the website, you can vote for the team you support. If, say, Livingston get 10 votes, then we'll try and focus a wee bit more on Livingston. Um, that's just the whole idea behind the poll. But if you're interested in that, you'll find it on our Twitter. And also, I need to ask you this. Hey ben, what did you make of the poll I put up at the weekend there where I asked the, the Scott Scott listeners should Neil Lennon replace Brendan Rodgers at this moment in time? Because uh, a lot of Celtic fans online were saying Rodgers needs to go now, bring in Neil Lennon. I, th- I thought it was utterly baffling in my opinion. I think, uh, regarding the poll, all the Celtic fans that voted for Neil Lennon are, are daft. We don't have a, like, I don't know a thing about football. Uh, <laughs> and... And what I would say, and what I would also say is, there was probably a lot of non-Celtic fans that will wind up voting for Neil Lennon. That's how baffled, that's how ridiculous it is. There's no way. Double treble, he's lost two games this season. Uh, two teams that beat his last season, as I keep saying. So, we're fine uh, right now. Brendan Rodgers is fine. Neil Lennon is not the answer. Right, so, I'm just, um, right, so, Kamara versus Motherwell. Think, I fancy I fancy Kelly at home. Uh, we're over two 0 Ben, fancy Kelly. Uh, probably two 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 one. Um, I think Marvel have got a goal on them, but Kelly will beat them. I'll probably say Kilmarnock two 0 uh, Hamilton Dundee. That oh, that's what I like to touch on quickly before we go. Uh, Neil McCann got uh, his team got gubbed at the weekend. There three 0 off Hibs. It's not the future is not looking good. If he loses tomorrow, oh no, sorry, on Saturday, I think that could be cuttings. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's what you say. I predicted that last last week three you know, so I'm happy about that. But um, no, I think yeah, I think it, it's times times come up. But Dundee, are not Dundee fans. I've like watching some of their interviews, like should I give a Sky or something? Was interviewing them before before the game, um, and. This weekend, unfortunately for uh, Neil McCann, uh, he'll, he'll be given the bullet, and then that'll be him. And he'll be—it's a shame, but as what it is, that's football. Um, so my prediction: uh, Hamilton Dundee. Hamilton got a great result last weekend, boys, didn't they? In St Mirren, three 0 No one's seen that one coming. <laughs> I did not expect that. And that boy midfield—his uh, oh, name escapes me. Uh, Ryan scored two goals. Can't remember his name for life. Maybe he was absolutely fantastic, and he could be the answer. Like Hamilton has not been known for the goals, but he could certainly be the answer for them. And he kept a clean sheet. That is a big exactly. shock. Hamilton kept a clean sheet. Yeah, that's a big deal. The end is mad. <laughs> and St. Mirren, what, like obviously, I thought there'd be content after getting that draw against Celtic, but my God, it's like yeah. 
they, they were hopeless. They were utterly hopeless against uh, Hamilton, but he's inherited quite a mess. So he has uh, Owen Kearney, and it's he needs time. He needs time, obviously. It's not his team. So give him a bit of time, wait and see where he is. Uh, come February time, but that's not a good result at all. Some serious issues at St Mirren. So, um, yeah. So Hamilton Dundee uh, predictions. I'm gonna um, say I'm gonna say blah, 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 I'm gonna go Hamilton two one. Um, I'm gonna give it that yeah two one Hamilton. Oh one no Hamilton. Uh, St Mirren. Oh, but yeah. Uh, St Mirren Hibs. I'm going to go for 2-0 Hibs. Ben? 3-0 Hibs. And obviously St Mirren, uh, right after that 3-0 defeat, will want to go out there and prove something. Hibs will want to prove something as well after what happened during the week. And who knows, a wee bit of fatigue might uh, be in that Hibs team after going extra time in penalties against Aberdeen. But we'll wait and see what will happen. But my God, um, St Mirren, serious work there. Hibs... I'm, I think they'll win I'll go 2-1 Hibs I think they'll get the job done and uh, Hart St Johnston St Johnston coming coming off two old firm uh, defeats like, they're losing to both old firm so confidence won't be great I can imagine but they, they didn't shame themselves against Celtic on Wednesday night but they're coming up against a Hart side who are in form so it's getting harder and harder for uh, the Saints so it is so they're going to Tynecastle. How do you see that one going, Matthew? I fancy, I fancy, I fancy, I fancy Hearts. Um, just I'm going to go one out. Ben, I fancy Hearts. Um, if Nesbeth can find it again, then Hearts should take all three points. But it's a shame. It's it, you see it all the time. It's a it's a tough uh, it's a tough like set of fixtures for for St Johnson. But we'll get through it, and uh, I don't think we'll be too disheartened if it is three defeats on the bounce. Um, you know, but. Like it happens to see teams you see all the time. Like we just go up against, you know, a bit all, all the big teams in a row. But I don't think it's it's going to affect St Johnson too much if they don't pick up any points. I'm going to say Hearts are win one 0 And oh, the big one this weekend, boys! The game of the weekend, Celtic Aberdeen oh, at Celtic, Celtic Park. Park. Park you know, two one Celtic. I think. Aberdeen will score, even though they're touched on it, even though they're having problems up front. I feel like the defence isn't the greatest either, but I fancy Celtic to win. Ben? Um, Celtic play like they did in the second half, and if Aberdeen don't improve, um, Celtic will, will walk them, I think, because Aberdeen have been really poor, but Celtic just need to take a bit of inspiration from that second half performance against St Johnson, and we'll win, especially at Celtic Park. Um, That's what I was saying as well against St Johnson. Sorry, like we got it was a good second half performance against St Johnson. We've got another, we've got a victory. Um, so if we do get this result against Aberdeen, then that should just be the season underway. And I hope, I hope. Uh, Celtic Aberdeen. Uh, I see Celtic winning. Um, if Aberdeen set up the way they do usually against Celtic, where they shoot them far too much, respect and stand off them and play yeah. defensively, like they they always do against the old firm. I'm going to say Celtic will win 3-1. I think Celtic will win 3-1. I see Aberdeen maybe getting a wee goal from a set piece or whatever. But that's the thing. Derek McInnes, when it comes to the big games against the old firm, he just bottles it. He does. In big games, he just panics. He changes up his system. 
usually goes feet the back or it just goes something completely unorthodox and uh, it does not work out at all. You know, so the Kenneth, that's when it comes to big games, he bottles it. And th- this weekend, I don't think anything will change. Even though the last time Celtic and Aberdeen played, Aberdeen won 1-0, but the, that was the last game of the season. League was already won. And uh, there's been some conspiracies going around that Celtic uh, threw that game away, so Rangers didn't finish <laughs> second. But <laughs> I, I kid, I kid. But yeah, um, Aberdeen to win this. Oh, sorry, Aberdeen to lose this weekend. Celtic to win 3-1. And Lovey Rangers. Ben? Probably three now Rangers in a really inspired form. Steven Gerrard doesn't seem to be accepting one and two nils. So I know. Three exactly, so I'm going to say 3 1. 3 1 Rangers win. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah, 3 1. I think Lovey have got a goal on them. I'm not going to go, like, have a rubbish performance. I've had a really good season so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so, oh, before we go, I just want to quickly touch on this. I know we didn't touch on it earlier on, uh, Matt, but Glenn Middleton's got a big future, doesn't he? Oh, he's got a massive future, and the talent he's shown just now, if he can improve upon that, he's already the same player, but like I say, if he can improve on that talent, he's going to be an amazing, amazing player for us. And he's only 18. His first start for Rangers, he's, he bags two goals. It'll be against Air, but they're like top of the championship just now. They're flying, um, albeit at a different level, but. I think Middleton has got a class huge ahead of him. Definitely, he'll be in a Scotland team for years to come and Rangers team, hopefully for years to come. And I'm just loving what he's doing just now. Yeah, Rangers need to protect him though, mate. We can't rush him at all. Uh, like, if we no, rush we him can. then, it could end up like John Fleck. So we need to protect him. And Gerrard's like, doing it the right way just now. And he even said in his post-match interview after the air game, he said, he's made it hard for me. I'm trying to keep him in and out of the team. But he's made it hard for me because any time I play him, he's great. <laughs> so. Hello. But yeah, we definitely need to protect him. That's why he's not about his first start recently. But the boy, the boy's got immense talent. Yeah, and uh, as Ben uh, touched on it there, we watched uh, Stephen Gerrard said where he's not—he's basically not accepting four nils right after that Dundee game where we beat them four nils. Like, yeah, we can do better than that. So I like the fact the standards have been brought back to Rangers and Gerrard. Obviously, he expects a lot, and it's great to see that the the standards that Rangers had before are now back once again. So. Boys, uh, a pleasure uh, as always, and uh, until next time guys, take care and we will see you soon.